Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. And I have no chill right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so excited um, for my guest today. It is Ginger Z. And um, I am such a huge fangirl. And it's probably good that you can't see me because <laughs> right I'm now like totally freaking out and maybe crying but it's fine um so anyway um thank you so much ginger for coming on um and like normally i have people share a little bit about themselves but um mm -hmm. i don't know like should we do that i have a list of all the amazing <laughs> things that i know yeah. of that you do um not only are you ABC's chief meteorologist, but you're also a New York Times bestselling author and a storm chaser. You've been a professor. Um, you're a mom, a mental health advocate, and I would just say like overall badass. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I, I think that sounds like a pretty good introduction. I, <laughs> I am, I'm honored to have a lot of those titles, but it's funny that you say that I'm writing a follow-up to my uh, natural disaster book. And one of the chapters is about labeling. And it's so hard, I think, to label humans, right? We yeah. all do a lot of things. You do a lot more than just this podcast. You've done a lot more than this, but we end up in our lives, you know, almost assessing our success and failures on labels. And I, I'm going deep into my psyche and, and I'm talking to my therapist a lot while I'm writing this book and hoping that it's gonna help people because what I'm finding is it's okay to label. Labels are helpful when they're positive, when they're good. But now that I've got children, I see the good and bad. And it's almost inevitable. I mean, it's so hard not to label ourselves. So I am so grateful for all of the titles, which is different than labels, right? Because that's something that you that you go and I have a meteorology degree, so I'm a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that they are, We it is such a huge subject that I don't know that we're going to talk about, but I'm so proud of starting to dive into because gosh, we all do a lot. And I think we should all give ourselves grace and pleasantness, especially right now. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree too. Um, and you said you're a mom and I'm a mom too. And definitely having kids has changed my view on a lot of things. And um, I would agree that labeling has definitely changed my view um, on just like who I am and who I want to be perceived yeah. as and how I perceive other people. And what we tell ourselves, I think that's the one thing you said, New York Times bestselling author and that label right there or that title is the one that gets me, especially lately, because I labeled myself very early, sixth, seventh grade as not a writer. I was told by one teacher one time that maybe writing isn't your thing. And then I allowed that label to stick with me all the way until about five years ago. I was pregnant with Adrian. And I went to a publisher because I couldn't find any baby books about weather that I thought were good enough. So I thought <laughs> I could do that. I can handle writing 60 words and, you know, putting some pictures with it. And they said, well, give us your idea. I told them about my idea for a character named Felicity. And they said, that's kind of more of a middle grade. So you should write that. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not a writer. As I had labeled myself for the last 30 years. And they said, well, why don't you just go try? Now I had loved writing up until seventh grade. Um, and I went and I just got over my fear. I wrote a couple of chapters and they said, we love it, write a trilogy. And then I wrote another book and it was like that, that lesson, I, whenever I talk to students or just people now, because I think that's something we put, whether somebody else puts it on us or we take on that label ourselves, we keep and hold on to it for far too long. Sometimes, you know, that was one of those labels that now I've, 
I'm still kind of trying to dig myself out from it because I'm, when I hear you say that New York Times bestselling author, I'm like, me? Wait, oh, that's right. <laughs> so I think that's a, a great place to start and to remember. Well, and what you said about having one teacher say that one comment to you, I think so many students have that same experience. I had it. Um, and I, that's one of, that's something that always gets under my skin because I'm a teacher yeah. and I just cannot imagine ever saying something like that to one of my students. I'm yeah, always, I'm always the person that's like, what's your dream? All right, let's do it. Like, let's get there. Right. You know? And I was lucky. I, I had a mom who said that all the time. I, I joke that she was like the original Walt Disney because she believed and, and did just what he always said is that if you can dream it, you can you can do it, basically. And I was lucky to have her. She is such a dreamer. And that type of freedom is so important in a child's life because there's plenty of the world is going to tell you over and over you can't. And I think you need somebody being your cheerleader and telling you you can until you can create that in yourself. And for some of us, me included, it takes longer to get to that place where you can be your own cheerleader. And so I appreciate the teachers who were wonderful. And I had awesome teachers too. They happened to be in math and science. And that thankfully was an area that I was really interested in and an area that then took me to this spectacular career path. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's get into it. You talked about Helicity and the third book has just come out and I've read the first two and I just started reading the third. <laughs> I loved them. I wanted oh, to, great. I've been reading them since, um, I, I think I just found them like a couple months ago, like maybe at the start of this whole social distancing and I've blown yeah. through them. I like wanted to, so badly have my classroom to just shout to all my students like yeah this I've read these awesome books we have to read them um but obviously I have to do that from online now <laughs> um, <laughs> but how can educators or parents use your Chasing Helicity trilogy to teach about weather and science yeah I mean it's it's in that Helicity name itself is science uh, I named her Helicity Number one, because it is my favorite tornado variable. When I, I've been storm chasing since I was in college. The reason I got into meteorology was first because I loved the weather. I watched thunderstorms come across the lake, uh, Lake Michigan, and I fell in love with what that puzzle that is the atmosphere. I knew I loved that, but I didn't really have an image of what that would look like. Then I saw the movie Twister uh, when I was in high school, and that image of Helen Hunt being this awesome woman, scientist, leading the charge, being the storm chaser, then I knew what I wanted. And I, then I had direction. Like my mom had told me, you can dream it. You can, I just couldn't dream it because I didn't know what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Once I had that direction, I went to Valparaiso University. I studied storm chasing. I mean, we actually had classes where we got three credits to go for 10 days in storm chase. And from that moment, I knew I loved helicity. That was the variable that we use in forecasting the circulation or the rotation of the atmosphere. So that name alone is a place to start for teachers uh, to use this as STEM. Mm -hmm. But it, you'll find little nuggets like that throughout the books and just outright science lessons. I mean, you're going to, you know, Helicity, the character is so interested in the weather that she describes it to people and, and the book describes it so that you can feel like you're there. The whole point of this was to share my experiences because Helicity is... I, I would say loosely, but it's not loosely. It's pretty, pretty focused on being based on me as a child. She's from West Michigan. A lot of the storms that she goes through, both in her personal life and in her storm chasing life, 
um, are storms that I've been in. And I'm using my direct experiences of being in this really unique position of being the first person who is in those people's faces right when the tornado has taken their home. Where, right when the hurricane has brought storm, storm surge up to 15 feet that's washed away their home. I'm that person. And it, and it has given me this great and, again, unique perspective and ability to tell a story that maybe a lot of people haven't heard. And I'm telling it through Holicity. And so I think it's going to give teachers the opportunity to, there's that really surface-based science, but then there's a deeper meaning to it that there are these disasters in our personal lives too. And what I'm hoping to do with these books is take the, the lessons, the life lessons I've learned through natural disasters and allow these kids that are reading it or adults to learn the lessons that it took me almost 40 years to learn <laughs> in just a couple of years <laughs> or a couple of books. And I, and I think, especially right now, um, so much emphasis is being put on social emotional learning. Uh, your books mm -hmm. really tie in everything. There's a literacy, obviously, because they're books, mm -hmm. but there's also um, the STEM in them and now the SEL. It's really, it can open up such a huge dialogue for teachers. And as a STEM mm -hmm. teacher, I'm always saying how STEM and literacy can be paired and how they can go so well together. And your books are just the epitome of that. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, I, I read a book when I was in math class. This is one of those great teachers. He gave us a book to read in math class, and it was called Flatland. And it was when I was taking ge um, geometry. And it was a book about a dot and a line and a square or something. I can't remember all the details. But I remember when he handed it to us thinking, how is this going to work? How is math going to go with a story? And it did. And that was a big part of what I wanted this to be. Um, when you have a kid who maybe has labeled themselves or somebody has labeled them as not good at science or not, they automatically lose interest. And mm -hmm. so maybe through adventure and teenage angst, as my son put it in the preview <laughs> that he did, maybe this is the way that they get back in and they start to go, you know what? Science is interesting. And, and it's cool that it's interesting. If these books could do that, I've won. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I loved them as an adult, but I'm like such a huge YA fan in general, <laughs> but oh, great. I, I, they're not, they're like nothing I've ever read before. So I really oh my enjoyed. Gosh, that's wonderful to hear. I, and I, well, probably because I'm not a YA author <laughs> because I don't, you know, I've, I had this woman, Stephanie, who's helped with the editing. She, she's done a lot of that type of middle grade and YA books. So she knows the voice and I have to give her mm -hmm. credit because she helped me a lot with the dialogue, especially because that's something that's different. You know, for my natural disaster book, it was very much just me, my voice talking about my life and what I've learned. Mm -hmm. In these books, there is a, a different way to approach it. And maybe my twist on what, you know, she has helped me to like open my eyes to how these, how that voice usually comes across. Um, but maybe the combo is what you haven't seen, perhaps. Yeah, I just love them. No, um, thank you. So we've talked a little bit about teaching and when you're reporting the weather, you often explain why and how weather occurs. You're also really active on social media and especially with answering questions that has anything to do with um, meteorology or the weather. Um, you even have videos on Instagram for students to use at home um, for homeschooling right now. And even just yesterday, you did the Mentos experiment on yeah. GMA. So you've done such a great job at making weather and meteorology accessible to viewers and students. Why is it so important to you to help teach the public about weather? 
weather is everywhere. It's all around us. Yesterday, it was, you know, taking out power lines and trees in New Jersey. Um, today, it will likely bring a tornado to Texas and Louisiana and Arkansas. And, and as much as people are aware about weather, they don't always take the personal responsibility. So to be able to get them invested young and, and saying, okay, this stuff is really dangerous, but I can have, use knowledge and um, preparation to not make it scary. That mm -hmm. is what I want to do with these experiments. That, and I have to say, my mom was a big influence because she was in the sciences, but I also loved Mr. Wizard. I grew up watching Mr. Wizard do science, make science even more fascinating than I already thought it was. That entertainment science that I grew up with watching then turned into Bill Nye for the next generation. Oh yeah. And I think right, I think right now we're really missing that scientist who is the front you know, person. And I think it should be a woman. I'm happy to do it. I've been pitching this uh, a show, <laughs> Mrs. Wizard. That's, how, like, that's like a, a working title because that's not what it would be. Um, and if I'm too old or something, if the reason I, I'm happy to produce it, I want if Helicity, you know, played by a YouTube star has to be it. I think we need that female voice to change what people see. Even when I put up the, um, I'll put up experiments or I'll put up science people will comment and say, oh, you should really get Bill Nye to do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not seeing it. You know, you, yeah. I think changing the, they see me in a dress on Good Morning America and they cannot fathom that that person is a scientist. So to put that together and change that image, I want to do that. I want to be, and even if I've just scratched the surface by doing this, I've done my job. I just think that we can do better, you know, and I think that a woman needs to be in the forefront and leading the charge in science so that societally we see that i really hope that this show comes to fruition mm -hmm. i think it would be so awesome i'll i'll be in the audience cheering you on good good thank you <laughs> Um, so when I'm teaching, um, I, so I see all the kids in my school grades three to six and, mm -hmm. um, and one of the topics that the kids just love learning about is weather. And, um, and I always, uh, well, I usually try to include green screens and weather together and they'll mm -hmm. do things like, um, you know, make their own scene of, uh, a, a a big type of um, storm or something, whatever their um, like heart's desire, or they'll be reporting on it or whatever. Um, but they always ask, because I always show clips of you. And um, I actually had another meteorologist on the podcast, um, Haley Boulay, she's out of Vermont. Um, and I'll show clips of her um, just, you know, doing, doing your thing. And mm -hmm. um, the kids always ask, how do you become a meteorologist? What else mm -hmm. do meteorologists do? How do you get so good with green screens and technology? Uh, so this question's for the kids. Yeah, I think, okay. So becoming a meteorologist is the first one. A meteorologist is a scientist who studies the weather. That's the baseline. Most meteorologists are not on television. So the cool part about my degree is that if they drop me tomorrow, I can go work for a bunch of different companies as a meteorologist, um, UPS, American Airlines, like think about all of the companies that rely on weather forecasting, oil companies, for example, uh, to keep their products safe, to keep their business running efficiently. There are meteorologists everywhere. You just don't always see them. And so meteorology is a four-year degree. You can get a master's and a PhD. Of course, there's different levels. Um, you can get doctorates and everything. I have a friend who's a double PhD in atmospheric science and meteorology, oh, wow. and he works with NASA and helps the rockets 
go up, you know, make that decision. So there's so many different layers and levels to meteorology. Um, that's the start. And then I would say if you do find yourself interested in the broadcast part of it, broadcasting for me, again, I didn't have any education, but I started doing internships early. And those internships turned into jobs on TV. The jobs on TV, I jumped a lot. You have to be ready for quite a bit of sacrifice, mm-hmm. not a lot of money. Um, it, 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 you have to really, really love it. And then as far as the green screen, I worked on a green screen for 10 years and it is, it's, it's strange. It is, it is not a skill that comes easily. I'd say for the first year I was just downright bad, but I started when I was 19. So I've now had 20 years on some sort of screen. I don't use a green screen at GMA anymore. I use a big monitor. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually, you know, having the reference point, having a really good green screen with the um, monitors flush with the side, that's how I always tilted my chin a little and would get kind of making it look just like you're looking at the screen like everybody else is, is the key. Um, Some people, you know, and time helps, experience helps, experience helps with everything. I wish that's the one thing I could bring to my children, to other children, is that perspective, that experience in life gives you. How great would it be if we could like bottle it up and put it right in their brains um, mm-hmm. without having to go through the hardships? <laughs> yeah. Um, what can educators and schools do to nurture unique or niche job skills? Mm. Think? I think, you know, I think it depends because that, that's hard. I went to a really big high school. And in that high school, it really came down to the teachers. You know, that math teacher sticks out to me. And I've, I've actually used him in a couple of pieces for digital, ABC Digital, because he's so, he's so great and he's still doing such great work. Um, I think it comes down to the teachers identifying that interest, just like a parent would, but then supporting it and maybe even helping guide it. Because that's the thing that a, a 16, 17-year-old doesn't know where to go or what to do necessarily. Um, if I had had the internet, (laughs) which I didn't have back then, I think that would have changed things because now you can search almost everything. Um, but having the connections, the other thing I would suggest to students is don't be afraid to reach out. You reached out to me. We made this happen. I think, you know, you're, you're saying, oh, I'm fangirling. I I think this is the, this is the thing is people don't dream it. You know, they might dream it, but they don't act on that dream. And you did. And, And now here we are talking about it. So I think taking that as a lesson of just what's the worst that can happen? You know, nobody's asking for something horrible here. We're being positive. We're trying. And here we are talking together and hopefully connecting to someone else and inspiring someone else to do just what we're doing. Yeah, that's the dream. (laughs) And I I am still having like an out of body experience right now, (laughs) but but I'm holding it together. (laughs) Um, I think you're such an incredible role model and I, I've read your, um, your, um, your book, uh, oh my God, I'm like blanking cause now I'm like, I All got right. it in my head. Um, <laughs> I've read your autobiography and, um, I just, I really resonated with so much that you spoke about and I love that you're so honest about the hardships that you've gone through and, and how important uh, mental health is to you and to seek help and Mm -hmm. to have a therapist. Um, And I really, I just appreciate so much of you sharing that part of you because I think 
it really needs to be shared for people to understand that so many other people go through it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons why I always love to use you in my classroom because I, I talk about that part of you. And um, not only are you an amazing meteorologist, but you also share the difficulties that we've gone through. And, um, and I think you're such an incredible role model for girls. Um, was there any educators out there or a mentor, a female um, mentor, anyone that uh, inspired you or still inspires you? I have to bring it to my mom. Uh, she really is the one because I, it's, it's funny because the world of science, as we were speaking about, has so many more men. And I have a lot of great male mentors. Um, James Spann is one, Tom Skilling, who I did internships with, Mark Torgrosso, who was one of who my first chief meteorologist. Um, I could keep going with those names. But because there aren't a lot of women, I didn't have those early on. Terry DeBoer, who's a meteorologist in Grand Rapids, Michigan, was and has been a great mentor and insp inspiration. But I have to just put it back on mom because she, you know, now being a mother and seeing what she was doing alone for a long time, um, what a force. <laughs> and here I am writing books and, you know, she, she was far from perfect, but we have such a wonderful relationship now and, and it's only getting better with time. And I think that that's the part that she has always, always, always told us that it's okay to be open and to share and to, and, and that does help people. And that's what she's done even with her struggles. And she has major ones. And I'm writing more about that in my new book. Um, you know, letting go of the, the feeling that I wish my mom had not been sick. Um, that has been really powerful in my life. And she suffered with borderline personality disorder. And there was no medication in the 1980s and the early 90s. Um, until the mid 90s, they really weren't diagnosing it the way that they do now. And they didn't have a way of giving the medication. So to grow up with a mother who had a serious mental health complication or illness and to be a product of that is something that I've, you know, I'm working through now. And, and I'm, I'm finally um, grieving that part of life and, but also celebrating where we've come and where my mom is and how healthy and happy, you know, I am and my kids are and, and what opportunities we have because of her. I'm trying to always look at the positives of what that borderline personality disorder brought. And I'll tell you right now, manic dreamer, dreaminess <laughs> was, was one of the best parts of my mom. Uh, and so I'm trying to focus on those things and be realistic about the other stuff and, and be grateful she has that help now with medication. And that's what I keep trying to bring out is I'm, you know, I have a different type of thing I've dealt with and therapy has been my my place. I have really found commitment to therapy to be my number one importance, transparency and honesty with myself and others first, but then commitment to therapy. And that's what I just keep preaching around and, and feel so grateful for, because that's what this woman has taught me. The woman who inspired me most and is my greatest mentor, my mom. I love it. And I, and I, I just, yeah. someone who Thank has you. a therapist and, and you sharing everyone to everyone that you have a therapist. I just, I, I appreciate it so much because there's oh yeah there's I'd such have a, a live-in therapist if I could oh, <laughs> I mean right <laughs> like, yeah I completely agree with that um I I okay. just I love my therapist I think she's so wonderful and she's helped me through so much and and just hearing you share with everyone that um you know that you have yours and it's just it's wonderful sure 
Oh, I, sorry, and no, I have to, I'm so sorry. I'll have to go pretty soon. Yeah, I've got to yeah, run. I'm gonna wrap it up. Do a fix for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Can you just share with everyone where people can follow you? Yes, you can check me out on Instagram, ginger underscore Z. You can see me every morning on GMA. You can go to Twitter, ginger underscore Z, and Facebook. I'm on there too, ginger Z TV. And I'd say, you know, the books are out. The the I'm just happy to be sharing STEM. And I'm probably going to be in a classroom near you. I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls <laughs> the next six weeks or so. So hopefully see y'all soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I Thank you. can't even believe that you answered my tweet. <laughs> Of course. I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Thank you.